Hi, I'm George Norrie, and welcome to the new iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Like us on Facebook, tell your friends, and share us with everyone. This is an exciting new network that will feature podcasts of the paranormal, supernatural, and the unexplained. Now please sit back and enjoy Dark Becomes Light with Heidi Hollis. The thoughts and opinions expressed by the host are thoughts and opinions only and do not necessarily reflect those of iHeartMedia, iHeartRadio, Coast to Coast AM, employees of Premier Networks or their sponsors and associates. You are encouraged to do the proper amount of research yourself, depending on the subject matter and your needs. are listening to Dark Becomes Light with me, Heidi Hollis, on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. <laughs> Welcome to my show. Remember, each week, this is the place you go to when you want to hear the latest when it comes to the paranormal. From angels to aliens, hat man to shadow people, and all of the in-betweens, we cover it. And it's not just about having experts come on this program. It's about you and your stories, what you've experienced, what you have researched. Your opinions count. This is how we pull this whole puzzle together. There is no single person who says they have all the answers out there. And if they do... Run as fast as you can, okay? Uh, But first, I want to remind you guys, go to my main website, which is HeidiHollis.com, H-E-I-D-I-H-O-L-L-I-S.com, or go to ShadowFolks.com, which goes to the same website. And I also want to welcome you to check out my Paranormal Comics Trip website, which is TheOutlandersComic.com, or on Instagram at the Outlanders comic. Now, I wanted to talk about something here first before we get to my fabulous guest, who is Ray Boucher. And let me tell you, this guy covers everything. He has studied Bigfoot. He has studied demons. He has studied the alien phenomena, New Age, and he's a priest. Very fascinating conversation. You're in for a great treat. And in lieu of speaking to him, um, you know, I love covering all these different topics. And and I always try to interject and mix everything from one end to the other because I, I have written books on all these different topics. So angel encounters, Jesus encounters, demon encounters. And I'm the first and only person to have named, defined, and now even trademarked two paranormal phenomena, shadow people and hat man. Only work of mine are in my books and what you hear on this show. No programs, no movies, and no other groups, just myself. And uh, but people really run with stuff. And um, make it into whatever they want to make it into, which is not always cool, um, <laughs> as surely is not. Um, so it's it's been really challenging when I'm trying to make sure I get a certain message across, because the things that are going on when it comes to all these different topics that I cover, it's bigger than me or you or anybody trying to get rich quick off from somebody's material or work. Uh, 20 years into this, I've been talking and I've been hoping that people understand the goal. The goal is to realize we are physical beings living a very spiritual life. Uh, (laughs) It sounds uh, a little odd, but think about it, especially when it comes to the whole paranormal arena, which is anything from the aliens uh, to ghosts, anything that's out of the ordinary. It involves a spiritual element. Always does. Think about these aliens that walk through the wall. Is is that technology? But then... You have these reports of people who claim to not always go physically with these beings. They are taken 
their souls on board. And sometimes they see their bodies being replicated and and their soul is sucked back into it. So what's going on here? There's a manipulation going on. But then there's this other element when it comes to aliens, you know, silver ship, right? And little gray, big-headed creatures or reptilians or Nordics or whatever. If you're being abducted and you're not really going along with the plan, you're like, you can't do this to me. You have no rights to do this to me. They stop and go, oh, yes, we do. You agreed. I agreed. It's like this inner thing where they have to get this notion from the inside out for you to agree. It's not just this physical, you're resisting, you know, they're holding you down. They've already paralyzed you. And how'd they paralyze you, by the way? Did they did they somehow numb your mind? Did they tap into your soul somehow and say, can't move now, can you? What is this? People have said they look into the eyes of these creatures and all of a sudden they're paralyzed. What is that? Does it, There's something, you know, the eyes are the window into the soul, right? And these things are controlling it. And why do they need to get that little nod of permission from us? What is that? Remember? It's a convincing that has to happen. There is something more to than just them physically grabbing us and taking us. This is a very, very spiritual thing. So we have to really think about that. There are so many different elements. And yeah, there's a ton of books for you to catch up on with what's going on. There's research that's flying left and right. But ultimately, I'm trying to put it down into this little bitty pocket of information to let you know that this is this is the notion. This is what's going on. And then you got the shadow people. So I put word of shadow people out there. And it came to me by way of positive alien contact that myself and my college roommate had. What a, what a strange thing to say, huh? <laughs> but I'm very, very honest about what it is that I've experienced. And when it comes to shadow people, it's all about spiritual stuff. Because apparently... These dark things, these menaces, are puppeteers. They're puppet masters. They pull the strings and possess some of these beings that are abducting people. It sounds kind of way out there, right? But I'm talking to you as the person who 20 years ago, as a college kid, learned these things, started talking about these things, paying my way to different conferences across the country, and saying, watch out. This is what's going to come because I was experiencing them. One of my friends had experienced them. And then I, I, I was like, what? You know, all I knew is what I was experiencing was very real because I trust my eyeballs. I use them for work. I use them to drive. <laughs> and I'm pretty sane, although I have a big sense of humor. This is just, I know these things and I trust that. And when I started going around and, and trying to put this out there to warn of this, people started coming forward. I got on Coast to Coast with George Norrie. And all of a sudden, thousands of people from around the globe started writing me like, this is real. And they were reporting seeing shadow people right alongside of alien beings. And it always seemed like if a person was experiencing aliens, they were also experiencing paranormal things in seeing shadow people or hat man or ghostly things or poltergeist things. It's all connected. And shadow people, I mean, what? They could take on so many different forms, right? They could shapeshift. They could go through walls like it's nothing. Uh, they have glowing red eyes. And then there's hat man. What does he do? Well, what doesn't he do? He is this overseer of all these shadow demons. And he loves to peer into people's souls and let them know that he's looking for a way in to grab your soul. And then he does it sometimes. It's a very spiritual thing going on in this paranormal world, in the UFO world. And then you think about Bigfoot. I mean, what, what does he do? He can uh, pretty much appear and disappear and never leave droppings, uh, never leave a carcass, uh, never leave scraps of what they're doing. Where are they sleeping at? What's going on here? 
and people will report feeling something menacing watching them, or they feel watched or stalked, threatened. What's making them feel that way? I think it's their soul kind of calling out to them that something's wrong. We have these ears inside of us that are kind of like a radar to say, look out, something's coming. We are very spiritual beings and we're being very much targeted and very much manipulated. And we need to take our, our power back. We need to realize that we are something to behold and to be had because why are they all coming our way? What is this? Why is this? I say we don't sit around and wait for them to make the move, but instead to prepare. Don't go after them. No, I don't think that's a healthy thing, but I think it's wise for us to be strong in where we are and where how we stand. Because we have human potential that is beyond most things. And we have access, we have tools to choose to go with negative or to go with positive. We have ancient scriptures that have warned and told us this is what you do in case of this or in case of that. We have been told, we have been warned, we have the knowledge and we just have to trust it. And we have to trust that gut instinct when something is near us and when to put our dukes up and be ready for it. It's a very spiritual thing going on. Nothing is what it appears to be. And what are these things called miracles? What are these angelic encounters? What? There are things that go on that the medical community are like, you know, I'm sorry, you have stage four cancer, you're going to die and that's it. And then the person passes and then they come back to life cancer free. Look these things up. These things are going on. This is not what it appears to be. This world is fluid. Things are changing. I know that I've experienced something that was very much like a time shift. I know I did. Because guess what? I trust myself. Now I, I, I don't question or doubt. And I'm pretty reasonable. And uh, I trust when people tell me things that are real for themselves as well. Who might have looked down my nose and say, nope, didn't follow the, the playbook here. What's the playbook? It's forever changing. It's a magical world that we live in, and I hope we start to realize that we are equally magical and we're sought after, and we have power in that. Otherwise, these things that come to us in the middle of the night wouldn't have to try to paralyze us in order to take advantage of us fully. Remember that. I think you guys are going to really enjoy this next conversation I'm having with Ray Boucher. You are listening to Dark Becomes Light with me, Heidi Hollis, on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Stick around. We'll be right back. Stay right there. There's more Heidi coming right up. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halper. It's just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, my name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...with zero qualifications... She had a Harvard plaque. ...tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. ...that this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes. 
about $6 million. Approximately $11 million. Nearly $10 million was all gone. Employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry. She would probably have sex with one of her clients. Hide your money in your old rich men, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. Is he breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, the story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Welcome back. You are listening to Dark Becomes Light with me, Heidi Hollis, on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. As promised, I have a fabulous guest, founder and former director of the Fortean Research Center, the Reverend Dr. Raymond W. Boucher, who has been involved in the study of unexplained phenomena since 1965. He has served as Nebraska State Director for the Mutual UFO Network on the Board of Advisors for Citizens Against UFO Secrecy and in various capacities with numerous other organizations around the globe. A graphic artist and book designer with the prestigious University of Nebraska Press for nearly 20 years. Before retiring, Dr. Boucher holds a BA from Peru State College and THM degree from St. Mark's School of Divinity and THD from St. Paul Theological College. His concentrations are in systemic theology, are focused principally on biblical responses to cults and occult practices, paranormal events, religious experience, and working to resolve the false dichotomy created between science and theology, both to the public and the academy. So I'd like to welcome Ray Boucher to the show. I have had the pleasure of knowing of your work for a long time and being connected with you on social media and chatting with you directly about so much and honestly i don't know what you don't cover when it comes to various types of mysteries i mean i i read off your 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 bio here but it doesn't quite suffice so let's dive in a little bit to uh, give a, a little taste of all that you have done that you'd like to uh throw into the mix here. So your background, tell us a little bit about some of these things that uh, you're hearing in your bio. All right. Well, I, uh, I grew up in a little town, Southeast Nebraska, uh, went to a college, Peru State College and major was an art major and uh, spent the first, essentially there's some overlap here, but uh, 40 years of my career designing books and, uh, uh, illustrating book covers and, and that sort of thing. Uh, have always had some, from the time I was 10 years old, uh, a very compelling interest in UFOs, uh, cryptozoology, men in black, uh, have done a lot of research into the occult, things like that. Um, in the late 80s, I began work on a master's in theology and then continued that with a doctorate in theology. And in 1990, was ordained as a Baptist pastor. Um, then <laughs> made made what was kind of a strange jump at the time. Uh, was ordained then as an Anglican priest, and served as an Anglican priest and the rector of a church that I planted for about ten years. 
uh, had some health issues and had to step down from that. Uh, ended up uh, finally in 2011, uh, retired from my uh, stint as a graphic artist for the University of Nebraska Press and became a full-time pastor at uh, Christ Lutheran Church here in Lincoln, Nebraska. It's one of the largest Lutheran Church of Missouri synods in the country and was the pastor for adult education there. So I got I got to uh, uh, to teach a lot of theology to a lot of people uh, and continued on with um, my research into the unexplained uh, as time would allow. So that's, you know, that's that's a kind of a, a brief and uh, <laughs> description as I can give. I, I am just like, you know, I'm in awe of you and anybody is listening to what you're you're trying to express here should be as well, because it's when I said you cover everything, I mean, cryptozoology to becoming a priest. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on now. That's just, uh, I can say that's quite unique. Um, it, it's, not, and, it's not the normal career path. No, Let's put it, it, that way. <laughs> it surely isn't. And you've done some great research and written some fabulous uh, work, uh, academic work, as far as uh, a lot of the things that I, I love to speak of here on this show. I mean, dark becomes light. And I always interject, you know, we speak of all these paranormal and spooky things. But how do you defeat this stuff? Well, gee, let's let's think about this. It's like it, we have to stop being shy about mentioning God or Jesus in the mix of these things. And uh, I'm not shy about it here. And I love that you are not in all that you do as well. You know, that was one of the the compelling things that that pushed me into uh, working on my master's in theology uh, in the late 80s. As I was, I was really actively involved with MUFON and did a lot of conferences, some sponsored by the University of Nebraska, uh, conferences on the unexplained. And we had um, just a great response internationally in terms of attendance. Uh, but I began to notice there was this undercurrent of, uh, and you're, you're still just a little young to be right in the thick of this during the 80s, but it was you know, the really the, the, the second blossoming of the new age movement, um, Shirley MacLaine and her out on a limb and, you know, oh, all yeah. kinds of, you know, just really alternative views of spirituality. Let's put it that way. Okay. And I began to notice that the one perspective that was not being given was the Christian perspective. And so I realized I, I had become a Christian my senior year in high school and had studied uh, theology on my own. Uh, so I was, I certainly was not a novice, uh, but was, you know, very much an, an, an autodidactically trained <laughs> theologian. Um, so I knew, I knew what I was talking about, but I, I thought I need to be really prepared uh, with some formal education so I can address these issues in a way that is meaningful from a Christian theological viewpoint and is sound theologically. And my background from decades of work in the paranormal gives me some credibility that a lot of other pastors who would want to address this don't have. And so I was felt I was kind of uniquely positioned to uh, give a Christian response to a lot of these issues. And so that's what, that's what got me into uh, the theological training. And it's been, you know, it's been the sort of thing I had, I won't name any names, but uh, I had a, <laughs> a heated conversation uh, during a Q&A at a conference that uh, we did here in Lincoln uh, on, this was a particular session was on abductions and, uh, an individual who was a mental health professional and an abduction researcher uh, was very overwrought at the fact that I had mentioned that I didn't believe that a lot of what was taking place in abduction events was benign or benevolent, that there seemed to definitely be some evil intent. And we had this really heated exchange uh, in front of the whole audience. And finally he, in exasperation said, well, what would you, what would you recommend that if this is so evil? And I said, Jesus, 
I, there's no, there's no other, <laughs> there's no other explanation from my perspective. If, you know, if, if we're talking about the creator of the universe who took on human flesh in order to pay the penalty for humanity's sins, then what other explanation can there be? What other response can there be to evil than turning to the creator and savior and saying, show me what I need to do. You, you, you made me, you've saved me. I need your help. And that's the only, that's the only explanation that, that intellectually it makes sound sense to me. You can do a lot of playing around in terms of, of, uh, of Eastern philosophy, Eastern religions, but you never come down to that core truth that is historically provable. Uh, and I know that raises a lot of questions and raises a lot of people's eyebrows, but the Judeo-Christian tradition is, is historically provable. There are points in time where we know Jesus was an actual person who actually lived. We know the apostles were actual people who actually lived. Um, Paul makes a good example when he says, he's talking about um, the resurrection of Christ. And he says, you know, Christ appeared to us, to, the, to his disciples, and to 500 of the brothers in Jerusalem. And if you don't believe us, go to Jerusalem yourself and talk to them because they're still alive. So, uh, now, obviously, 2000 years later, we've missed that opportunity. Right. But he was he was stating very plainly, these are actual events that actually happened. And if you don't, if you have doubts about this, go talk to the people who saw him walk and talk and preach and who saw him after he rose from the dead. Right. So I, there, mm -hmm. there's, I, I, there's I just a, wanted to say, I always like to point out uh you know, well, gee, we, we set our, our clocks to his before death and after death. And I would say that's pretty important. You know, everybody has taken notice of that, right? Absolutely. And you, you notice, uh, this is one of my huge pet peeves in academia. If you notice, no longer is the BC used, BC and AD, Anno Domini, year of the Lord, and BC, short for the Latin version of before Christ. It's Anno Domini, the year of the Lord has been changed to CE, the common area, common era. And it's before the common era. So they've they've even even at this this point in history that humanity, Western humanity, for two thousand years said. This is the dividing point in history, right? Before Christ and after Christ. Our our culture now has gotten to the point where no, that's just not right. We have to refer to it as the common era. So we'll <laughs> go before the common era. Wow. And and, and it, I just I find that uh, as a Christian, as a as an intellectual being, I find that just that's. Uh, that's a shame. Just we've, it is. Okay, well, we've got to get to our next break. You are listening to Dark Becomes Light with me, Heidi Hollis, on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. We'll be right back. Hey, folks, we need your music. Hey, it's producer Tom at Coast to Coast AM, and every first Sunday of the month, we play music from emerging artists just like you. If you're a musician or a singer and have recorded music you'd like to submit, it's very easy. Just go to coasttocoastam.com, click the Emerging Artist banner in the carousel, follow the instructions, and we just might play your music on the air. Go now to coasttocoastam.com to send us your recording. That's coasttocoastam.com. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpern. It's just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. 
Uh, my name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut, and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...with zero qualifications... She had a Harvard plaque. ...tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. ...that this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes. About six million. Approximately eleven million dollars. Nearly ten million dollars was all gone. Employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry. She would probably have sex with one of her clients. Hide your money in your old rich man, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, season five, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing. Right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now back to Heidi and Dark Becomes Light on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Welcome back. You are listening to Dark Becomes Light with me, Heidi Hollis, on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. And I have Ray Boucher, and we were speaking about Christ (laughs) being the one to uh, tackle evil. And uh, that will include uh, evil aliens, uh, evil presences. And Ray, I get these emails all the time, and people are like, I don't get into that religious stuff, but I just saw the devil. Oh, hold on. That's religious. <laughs> You'll acknowledge the devil <laughs> versus God. You know, you better hope that you've got something in you to fight this because they're like, what do I do? I don't get into it, but I just saw the devil. He's bothering me. And I'm like, throw a shoe at it then, because uh, it's it seems like we're in a time of shame uh, to even believe in such a thing. And uh, I, I don't know why. I mean, I get, uh, you know, Catholics feel betrayed. A lot of people lost their faith. Parents aren't getting up on Sundays to take their kids to church. But we need this this now more than ever because with the pandemic going on, these dark things are really picking up the pace. It's an absolute fact. I mean, you 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 nailed it just perfectly there. Uh, our culture and our society has moved further and further away from any any desire to recognize that there is good and evil. I'll give you an example. There's a, a, a psychic who will call me occasionally with the names of people who have reached out to her because and said, I'm dealing with something here. And she'll begin to explore a little bit or the person will come to a realization. 
that this is something evil and demonic. And since this person doesn't believe in the existence of evil, which I always thought, have you have you listened to the news lately? Have you picked up a newspaper? <laughs> she doesn't she doesn't believe that there is such a thing as objective evil. And so she'll say, you need to talk to Ray. And so she'll put me in, in contact with these people who are having uh, problems. And, you know, and the only thing, the only answer that I have is, uh, you know, Christ is the only answer. That's uh, it's nothing. It's nothing in me. I have no particular power. I have no particular influence over evil. But because I have placed my faith in Christ and Christ has promised to dwell with me in the form of the Holy Spirit, then anything that I do, I approach in very much the, the classic line from the exorcist, the power of Christ compels you. Love that's, the, that's the one message that you give to evil forces that they have to, they have to believe. But, you know, again, it's, it's not, it's not me. It's not any one person. It's that power of Christ that through God's gift of faith dwells within us. And so we, we use the presence of Christ within us to compel these things to leave and to leave us alone. You know, do you think that, uh, you know, here you were, you were sitting in a, in a um, auditorium full of people who were interested in the topic of alien abduction and UFO sightings. And you start speaking of Christ and, and the the combination just for some people it's like a dead stop like i just can't combine the two and i remember back in the day when people had this thought if you believed in aliens well you can't believe in god and they had this division and and then the churches would preach this is all demonic only and i i just i can't help but to wonder if the the confusion is what created some of this division where people don't feel they can have these these this balance of beliefs i mean what do you think is the problem that uh they're just not translating this it's it's a it's a type of blindness um it's it's blindness on the part of christians who refuse to believe that everything they don't understand is not evil uh, maybe a better way to put it is though that which they don't understand they brand as evil uh, you know mm-hmm. i look at i look at the topic of of um ufos for instance i have no idea what the origin of any particular entities that people encounter might be i have i see no theological objections to the existence of extraterrestrial life we certainly haven't proven it uh, scientifically yet, empirically, but I see no I see no spiritual reason to say that God could not have created sentient beings elsewhere. I begin to be able to distinguish, though, when people interact with these entities, and you begin to look at the message these entities are sharing with people, then you can begin to to judge and weigh the content of the material that's being given to those who experience these things and decide, is this, is this good? Is it evil? Is it neutral? Uh, You know, and there really, there are no hard answers except when you run into situations where people have been in contact with entities over a long period of time and almost without fail, almost there are criticisms raised by the entities against the godhood, the divinity of Jesus, the veracity of the Bible, uh, the truth of scripture, the existence of God. And it seems to me that when you see, when you see a, a body of information that's given to uh, dozens, hundreds, maybe thousands of people over decades, that tends to denigrate Christianity, but never Buddhism, never Hinduism, never Islam. Uh, it's only pointed at Christianity. That begins to look to me like maybe Christianity is 
the one true thing that they work so hard hmm. to try to disprove. Isn't that interesting? So <laughs> in, in that in those situations, I look at it and say, I don't know what this could be other than demonic. That doesn't make every, every encounter demonic, but it certainly raises the possibility that there are some that are, uh-huh. and we need to, we need to guard against those. Yeah. That's, that's interesting because uh, I, I, I put the thought out there too, you know, I, uh, you know, positive and, and negative, like there's a conflict and alien contact going on out there. And uh, and then I get the the person in the auditorium. Well, not my alien. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, did you invite them over? No. Okay. Did they violate you? Well, but I learned from it. Oh, okay. You know, so it, there comes the. There's always an answer, and it's like you know, I don't like to bash people for what they believe to be true for themselves to help them sleep better at night. Um, but it's like the the reality is what it is. If if you could say in Jesus' name to it, and it bothers it. It, there's a problem <laughs> and and they leave yeah. they leave when they when people say that so i'd say that's not good so um but then there are more positive beings that but you don't hear of them that often but that speak of jesus that speak of you know don't trust the ones that are abusing you but people don't like to hear about that because there's so many people that are becoming victims of these more abusive beings i mean I just don't know where to go forward on it sometimes. And uh, I'd love to hear your opinion on that. You know, it's, it seems to me it's very similar to, and I've worked with, I've worked with uh, a lot of women over the years who've been in abusive relationships. And it's very much the kind of thing where uh, women, even, and men too, sometimes who find themselves in abusive relationships, they attract and are drawn to the type of people who will abuse them because they have no adequate sense of self-worth. So they figure this is what I deserve. If I want some sort of attention, then I just, I deserve this kind of behavior. And so I just have to put up with it. Uh, it's, it's much the same cycle, I think, with uh, contact with these entities. Mm. They Or Stockholm they, Syndrome. It's kind of a stock, kind of a Stockholm syndrome. That's a very good way to put it. Hmm. They they accept they accept the abuse from these entities because that's what they deserve because they're not spiritually open enough yet, so they don't really deserve anything positive. Uh, yeah, so I just have to put up with this because it's good for me. Uh, now that's not to say that. God doesn't bring us through tough times and provide us with things that challenge us so we can learn and so our faith can grow. But there's always that growth. And it's not this this re- everlasting cycle of abuse and, oh, I guess I've awakened to this and some more abuse. And I guess I've awakened to this it's it's a different it's a different type of um it's a different type of situation where you know it's much the 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 difference between a child abuser and a parent who disciplines their child i see i see but then there's like research out there that can confuse people because uh, I believe uh, Ray Hernandez has put some work together. It's like, you know, ultimately people become more spiritual after their uh, alien abductions. And, and then, well, I'm sorry, they change it to alien contactees now. And it's like, well, you know, I, I can't help but, uh, you know, to wonder how did these things come to be? Well, exactly. And, you know, I, there again, that's another, <clears throat> it's another kind of bugaboo for me. Um, the term spiritual, you know, there are, there are some very nasty people who are involved in, in cultic activities that are damaging both to themselves and to others that consider themselves spiritual. So spiritual doesn't carry a very positive connotation for me. 
hold it right there, Ray. We've got to get to our next break. And I want to remind everybody to go to HeidiHollis.com or ShadowFolks.com and tell me about what's on your mind. Write the emails, put as much detail as you'd like in there, and I will address it here on this program. You are listening to Dark Becomes Light with me, Heidi Hollis, on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Stick around. We'll be right back. Hang in there. Heidi's coming right back on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpert. It's just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, my name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut, and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s. She looked like a million bucks. With zero qualifications. She had a Harvard plaque. Tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. That this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes. About six million. Approximately eleven million dollars. Nearly ten million dollars was all gone. Employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry. She would probably have sex with one of her clients. Hide your money in your old rich man, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, season five, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing. Right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's George Nori, and thank you for listening to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Here we go with more Dark Becomes Light with Heidi Hollis. You are listening to Dark Becomes Light with me, Heidi Hollis, on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. And I have Ray Boucher. And we were speaking on the topic of those who call themselves, quote unquote, spiritual. And I, like you, Ray, I 
don't quite like that title because it just feels like that's something I used to call myself when I wasn't sure what the heck I was. And it seems almost like a cop out, like people are not wanting to identify and just say they feel something. Uh, But what is that? And I'm curious what your take is on the word. Well, you know, the in broad strokes, the Christian church has they've sort of weenied out in a lot of respects. There are There are a lot of churches who will tout being spiritual. There are a lot of churches who will appear to be Christian in name only, but when you get down to the substance of it, if you were to talk to the pastor, he might say, you might run across someone who'd say, you know, well, I, I enjoy your services here, but you know, I'm actually a Hindu. Well, that's all right. You can be a Hindu and you can you can come to church here and believe what? No, you can't. <laughs> you can't, can't do that. You have to choose. You're either a Hindu who believes in the existence of 13 million plus deities, or you're a Christian who believes in one God in three persons who took on flesh and suffered and died to pay for our sins. It's an entirely different set of beliefs. You can't have them all lumped in together. Uh, it, do- it doesn't work that way. One contradicts the other. And so to appease society, to be culturally relevant, to be inclusive and diverse, seems to be the idol that many parts of the Christian church have placed on a pedestal rather than God. So they would rather be seen to be inclusive and loving and holding to absolutely no solid principles just to be accepted by society. I see. And Jesus himself said, you know, you've seen how they treated me. If they treat me this way, how do you think they'll treat you? So be prepared to be persecuted for your beliefs. And a lot of a lot of people are just too scared to do that and i i don't know any other way to do it other than knowing that i was warned you're going to yeah. be persecuted for your beliefs so i i stand up for what i believe in and uh, don't condemn anyone for yeah. what uh, for what they believe in but if they'd like to talk about it i'll show them why i believe what i believe that's how and I why feel. i think it's it's intellectually satisfying. Yeah, that's how I feel too. It's like, you know, everybody's got their own path that they need to go on. But if they want to ask me, I'll talk to them about, you know, my understandings and my experiences. And, you know, hopefully it, it helps to build different decisions or understandings for everybody, you know, for the people that I bump into. Um, I mean, it's the best that we can do sometimes, but it, it becomes really frustrating. Uh, you know, I'm curious about some of the work that you've been uh, doing as far as uh, some of your academic writings. You've done some recent research. I, I was uh, I was invited to participate in the Bigelow Institute for Consciousness Studies essay contest on what's the best evidence for the existence of the persistence of life consciousness after physical death. And uh, so I... I spent about um, oh seven hours a day for three months uh, working on this this research paper, uh, and it was a very it was a great it was a great opportunity to dig into, in my opinion, the first question that has to be answered, and that's can we provide an intellectually sound, empirically sound basis for consciousness to exist after human death, and so I approached it with the idea of we have to look at, we have to understand that the universe was created by an eternally self-existent being who exists outside of space and time. We can't have, we know space and time began. There's a point at which it began. Well, something outside of that had to begin it because nothing comes from nothing. And so there is a, there's a point in time at which everything began and everything was created. And so once you establish that, then you say, okay, if there's this being that exists outside of space and time, then when our consciousness is separated from our body at the time of death, there is a place to which that consciousness can go and continue to exist. And so that was the, that was the tack I took. It's, it's an interesting thing, and it, but it's very fundamental to the whole question. Uh, because you have to establish that there there is a place where the soul, if you will, the human spirit, the human consciousness can exist after death. If if anybody's interested, that I've I've 
posted the paper at uh, academia.edu. So if you go to academia.edu and uh, search for Ray Boche, B-O-E-C-H-E, uh, you'll find um, you'll find that you'll find uh, several books that I've done, um, some research papers on uh, uh, a number of topics. And so I'd encourage anybody to who's interested to please please head there and take a look. And uh, it's all available uh, free of charge to download. Fascinating reads there too. You've got quite a, a few things up there. I, I had the pleasure of reading some of it. <laughs> so your uh, next things that you're going to be tackling, I mean, where do you see we need the most help when it comes to absolutely everything that you cover? I mean, cryptozoological stuff or paranormal or ufology. I mean, there's so much need out there and we can't tap into everything, but you sure have. And where do you think we need the most work? <laughs> you know, I think the uh, I, I always come back to fundamentals. And I think from a theological point of view, there are four questions that are fundamental to humanity that we have always asked. Origins, meaning, morality, and destiny. Where did we come from? Why are we here? How do we live? And where are we going? That's what those four questions are what every spiritual system of thought every intellectual system of thought has tried to answer. And I think we have to come to grips with those four things. And it's the same when it comes to uh, the question of, of the paranormal. All of those areas, where'd it come from? Why is it here? Why is it here? How does it operate? And where's it going? And so I think if we, if we always reduce things to those four fundamental questions, and begin to look at things from that perspective, it begins to bring bring things into a greater degree of clarity. Uh, I'm I'm in the process of doing some research right now on the whole idea of, of Bigfoot. Bigfoot, I think, in many instances, is definitely a large unknown hominid. Uh, the The North American wood ape is uh, how Lauren Coleman likes to uh, likes to express Bigfoot. Uh, I think I think there's an actual animal out there, but there are some instances of Bigfoot encounters that are ultimately paranormal in nature. Uh, so how do we begin to account for those? Um, nobody has has really taken a good in-depth look at at that, other than to notice that hey, these things are out there, and some of them don't seem to be they don't behave like physical animals. They behave like something paranormal. Um, and I will interject here. I, I like the term paranormal, which means literally alongside the normal. So we have other realities, if you were, that do exist alongside us. That's why they're paranormal. I like that. That's, uh, that's, that's quite true. Well, how can people uh, look you up or contact you? Uh, if you if you go to the the uh, website at academia.edu, my page there, uh, you'll find uh, my contact information, and I would uh, and you can even contact me directly through academia.edu. It's uh, it's a great place to put papers. I have some oh gosh, probably twelve hundred pages of <laughs> <laughs> my research notes on the Rendlesham Forest incident that I have scanned, but I'm trying to figure out the best way to get them uploaded to academia because it's probably going to have to be split into four or five sections. Gotcha. Uh, Try to download some of my books there. They're in two parts because the, the PDF files are just too large and um, <laughs> the website won't take anything, a, a file that big. Oh, so, I gotcha. Yeah. Always notice if, if there's a part one and a part two. <laughs> when okay. You're, when you're downloading things. Wonderful. All right. Well, I want to thank you so much, uh, Ray Boucher, for coming here on the program. This is a absolute blast per usual. Well, Heidi, it's my pleasure. I'm always happy to to uh, to be able to jump on and talk about, gosh, these things that interest me so much. I can totally relate. This is an absolute passion. A lot of us who are involved in these fields, uh, we're totally fueled by sheer willpower and absolute drive to find answers and usually coming from a place of being an experiencer ourselves. Um, 
Wow. And, you know, Ray is absolutely inspiring, and I love that he covers so many different areas. And also, as I say, sprinkles some Jesus on these topics. And, uh, you know, it just seems so necessary because it is such a spiritual thing that we are going through, as I mentioned in the first segment here. And, uh, you know, one step at a time one step at a time and uh, we'll all place our little pieces to the puzzle and and get this thing figured out as we move along and you know i want to remind you all to please go to my main website which is heidihollis.com or shadowfolks.com and i'll rattle off a couple of other of my websites as well i have a couple of books that cover the topic of what faith and uh, i'm a cartoonist so i mixed it all in there and i did a kid's book version and i also did an adult version um a book that I think you guys might enjoy, go to the other F word.com, which stands for faith, of course. And, uh, and I'll also welcome you to go to my paranormal comic strip, the outlanders comic.com. I think you'll enjoy that or go to Instagram at one Heidi Hollis or at the outlanders comic. And uh, yeah, most of the social media, I put a one in front of my name and you can keep in touch and informed on what's going on when and where because i'm telling you a lot of different things are happening especially into the new year because my gosh i have a lot of cool projects i think you will want to hear about wow this has been fun wow can you believe this has almost been a full year of me being part of this network and it has been an exciting one a couple more shows to go you have been listening to dark becomes light with me heidi hollis on the iHeartRadio. And Coast to Coast AM, Paranormal Podcast Network. We'll see you next time. Stay safe, everybody. Goodbye. Well, if you liked this edition of Dark Becomes Light, wait till you hear the next one. You've been listening to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM, Paranormal Podcast Network.